Welcome back, everyone, to episode 38 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. I am Andrew, and with me today is Mike. And today we are here to talk about, well, what I would deem as metrics, but I think there's a, fan, a fancy and more palatable way of communicating this. It's, uh, it's essentially inviting people yeah. to, to church and stuff. The, the, uh, the discipleship of invitation. That's Yeah. I'm excited about this. Or discipleship through invitation, maybe. How about right. that? Actually, yeah, that's that's the whole paradigm, and I'm excited about this because this is this is the team huddle conversation. This is us huddling together, discussing what it means for us to be winning. It establishes common uh, um, communication and what we're all looking towards, so how we can kind of fall in line and and work together to achieve a goal. Right? I imagine when football players come together and someone yells for a play. Um, they, they all have a part to play and it, it works well that way as opposed to people who are just running and doing their own thing, which is what I'm, a, I'm used to because as a kid playing flag football, we don't have plans. We just try to score a touchdown. I'm guessing you just ran people over. I, I didn't. Um, when you I did played, not? No, when I, when I played flag, flag football, I, uh, I just stood there because I hated running <laughs> and I hated sports and I just... It was assigned to me, you know, you know, public school. That makes me sad because you, you got uh, advantages being a big guy. Well, okay. So I say that, but have I ever told you that I played college football? Uh, you have never mentioned this to me. Well, I, I can't wait to hear this now, actually. Well, buckle this up. This podcast is taking a turn for the, this, uh, the better. This was not a planned conversation. <laughs> so when I went to Corbin, Corbin does not have a flag or doesn't have a football team. And at the time, George Fox didn't have a football team either. So Corbin started challenging all the other private Christian schools in the Oregon area to put together a flag football team, and we played each other in, in these things. It was full contact flag football is what it was. Okay. It was terrible. Yeah. And one year, the team was playing, and I was walking by, and someone said, Andrew, you should play with us because we could totally use you. And I thought to myself, I don't really want to do that. And then there was a girl that I liked at the time. I knew you were going to say there That's was a girl. Right. I knew you were going to say there was a girl. And she said, you should play. And I said, okay. I love football. So, <laughs> so I played, I think I, I was on the, I think it's called the, the left tackle. Okay. Whatever. I was supposed to defend the, no, no. I was supposed to either sack the quarterback when, when we were on defense. And I was supposed to defend our quarterback when we were, and I was on the line. You were a lineman. Yeah, yeah, I was a lineman. Yeah. yeah. And I did. I ran some people over like hardcore, like all the time. It was fun. I played for two years, but I will share this one last story that the very last time we played, we played against a school. I, I won't name the school. I, it's embarrassing for them, but we spanked them. We spanked them so hard that we were in triple digits of a, of a score. It was like a hundred and something to zero. Andrew, you missed your calling. <laughs> well, so, so we were so far ahead. That the coach on our side, we actually had a coach. This guy took football very seriously. Uh, I said, hey, coach, you you said at the beginning of the season that if we did really well on a game, uh, you'd let me be quarterback. And he's like, oh, I did say that. That would be hilarious. So they put me in as quarterback for the last half of this game. I just started yelling things. I remember watching from like Waterboy and mm -hmm. whatever, and I would just throw the ball to people, and we we didn't lose. So it felt good. I was quarterback and a lineman. That's that's what I. That's my college football experience. Crazy. And then two years later, George Fox actually got a football team, a real football team. So, I I, I would assume that tradition has died now for us to play against them. I think that we need to have a turkey bowl this year. We should. We should. 
So anyway, I digress. Uh, that went a different direction <laughs> than I thought, but that's great. Anyway, so we're talking about the, the game plan. There are our plays yeah. for for that's uh, right for for us as a church, and I'm excited to talk about that. But before we get into that, Mike, I, I wanted to ask you, man, what's what's going on in your world, man? That's good. Um, sun's shining. Uh, family's really good. Um, I actually i I'm doing some schooling now, and so I was uh, I got to take a trip to my first seminar class last week, and it was intense. That's right. Some people don't know this, but you are working on your PhD, um, right? Yeah, some schooling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that then that's that's where you were last week. Yeah. That's right. That's why we recorded early. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Kevin and Rachel. That's right. That's right. So that's been pretty cool. How did you, so you showed, you showed me a picture of the Spurgeon library. Yeah. So for people who don't understand the significance of being able to see this, can you explain what is the Spurgeon library? Yeah. So this is yeah. uh, Charles Spurgeon. He's considered the, the prince of, of preachers. He is yes. kind of the, the standard for preaching. And, um, and so school I'm at, they, they bought his personal library uh, a few years back and they dedicated part of their library space to displaying um, things like the, the rail he preached from and his study desk. And uh, there's actually pews from the church that he preached at and, and um, all of his personal books. Not all of them. I'm sure there's some they don't have, but it, it's, a, it's a pretty cool place. I, I wish I had more time because of class and, and studies. I, I did not spend a lot of time there, but I I did walk through it and check it out and, and drool a little bit. So that's super cool. I I love libraries. I miss the academics of libraries, just sitting around the knowledge and being surrounded by it. It's to me that's inspiring, especially when you're working on a paper or you're working on anything and you just you're just surrounded by knowledge. It's diff, it's different than being surrounded by the internet. Yeah, you know where people just look up photos of cats. I'll tell you what, they have study desks there and there's something about sitting in that room and working on a sermon surrounded by the personal library of one of the, the greatest preachers ever. That's, it's pretty inspiring. It makes you want to handle the text well. It makes you want to, to preach faithfully in a way that really is in line with God's word and God's spirit for the, the benefit of God's people. And one thing that you helped me understand that the, the Spurgeon Library isn't necessarily like a library where you can check out books. No. It's more like a museum That's of right. his Yes, of yes, his yes, material. yes. It's his stuff. So, you so cannot touch. Yeah. It's glassed off with, um, I think, you know, there's guns and stuff that. Well, well no, good. Joking. <laughs> it was pretty cool. That's that's my life right now. It's busy. It's good. Kids are doing good. Family's good. Life's good. It's sunny right now. We'll see how much longer that lasts. Did I? Uh, so speaking of just fun things that are happening around the church, did I tell you about my getup for our Nerf night last last week? No, my kids didn't mention it either. All they did was talk about Stevens. Oh, really? They were. Very impressed with uh, Mr. Klukas and okay. and whatever Nerf shenanigans he brought to the table. So, so last weekend, church, if you didn't know this, we had a our first youth group event for quite some time. Um, we had a, a Nerf war, and to get ready for this, I have a plate carrier that I use for when I work out. <laughs> and if you're not familiar with a pl- with what a plate carrier is, it's what like uh, mil- the military wears, and they put bulletproof like plates inside of it. And that's what they wear. Like it's, it's their body armor. I don't have body armor. I just have plates that I run with to, to make it heavier. Um, so I, ha- I wore that and then I bought this zombie patriotic mask. And, uh, at one point in time, the kids didn't know I had that. I had a duffel bag full of Nerf guns. And when they were playing, I just disappeared into a room. I changed my clothes, everything about my appearance. I came out with the plate carrier and this mask. And I just started bum rushing 
all the kids with my full auto Nerf gun. Mm. And uh, kids freaked out. It was hilarious. Was there a smell of urine after that event? Or <laughs> there were a couple of kids that were so scared because they, they thought it was a stranger um, in the building yeah, with yeah. a Nerf gun. And then when I pulled off the mask, they were like, oh my gosh, Andrew. I'm like, and I just started laughing my head off. So that was fun. So that's, that's what's happening around Valley. That's yeah. what's happening in our lives. And so, so yeah, Mike, should we, uh, actually I was going to ask you, do you, do you want to mention anything about our family gathering? Is there anything you want to say? Yeah, well, this drops on Monday, and so our family gathering is the day before that, and yeah. so we will uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, we will have had a wonderful family gathering, church right. gathering, meeting in a few different places, meeting over Zoom as well, um, so that people can have all the options in terms of social distancing and, and whatnot, but it's really a time to celebrate. God's been so faithful in right. 2020. I mean, this has been a hard year, and yet God and His people, God through His people, um, the church is, you know, we are strong in terms of finances. We are growing in terms of ministry, and um, and there's some great opportunities. You talk about youth ministry. We're yeah. we're um, hopefully you know building the youth ministry this next year, and and we're doing some that some of that financially speaking um, to bolster it, and that's pretty exciting. Uh, and um, more obviously, I think that we'll uh, we'll just leave it at that for now. But it's exciting times to be around Valley, and and uh, hopefully a lot of people engaged and, and tuned in or came. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that as well, because one thing that we need to remember, especially with these family gatherings, it is a time to reflect on what God has done in this last year. And it is a time to look forward to what God is calling us towards this upcoming year. And it's, it's an opportunity for us to kind of get focused and be like, okay, this is what's going on and let's get together and let's, let's serve. Let's keep moving the ministry forward. Let's start reaching people Mm -hmm. or let's continue to reach people. You talked about how we, this year, even though it's been a hard year, we have seen God move. And we have. We've seen families come and join us. We've seen relationships become deep. We, we had a child uh, recently accept Jesus with, within our church. Man, so God is at work. Even in the midst of the fires and COVID and the election and whatever you feel about all the things that are happening right now, God has been faithful. Yeah. God has been kind. And uh, here's an opportunity for us just to get on board with what, what God is doing. We're going to look at this in a few weeks with our creed series, but Jesus is still king. He still rules and reigns. He, he's at the right hand of the Father, and, um, and that gives us great hope and great confidence uh, no matter what is happening here on earth. And so there, there's a lot of hope there. Amen. So this week, uh, we are kind of taking a step back from our, our conversations based on the survey that we put out. But before we jump into this topic of inviting and kind of the game plan for the church, I do want to shout out everyone who has let us know that they have really appreciated uh, episode 36 about f- taking steps towards family discipleship. As I've been looking at our metrics, that, that's actually been our most popular podcast since we've been back. And I think one of the reasons why is because you guys know that we want to help. We want to walk alongside you. We want to equip you. And in that, we gave practical steps to theological mandates. So what that means for for us is that we want to continue to help you do that. So I want to encourage you to reach out to us. Uh, In the description of this podcast, you'll see a link to our survey again, if you want to fill that out. You also see a link to our our email if you have questions. And and that's the thing. If you listen to a sermon that, that Mike has preached or any other sermon, really, but really, if you've been engaged here at Valley and you've been hearing these messages and you have questions, you would love Mike to clarify something, we'd be more than happy to take a few minutes to to walk through that. If you've listened to 
episodes of our podcast in the past and something doesn't make sense or you're, you're, you're thinking, wow, this is a good theological truth, but how do I live this? We would love to discuss that as well too, because we see that there are people who are listening that truly want to continue to grow and walk in the truth of scripture. Yeah. Right. These are ancient ways for modern days. That's right. We really want to connect um, God's word to to your life and help people see how God's word is. Even the greatest doctrines are the most applicable things in our lives. And I, I think about this last week and we talk about a theological word, hypostasis, right? Like Jesus being fully God and fully man. And where that land, that land in a spot where we recognize that because of who he is, fully God and fully man, he is the perfect mediator. And in him, we have such rest and such peace. Right. Because Jesus stands between us and the Father. What what a what a practical truth, right? Yeah. I don't got to be stressed out. I don't got to be trying to please God and worry that He's not going to accept me. I mean, this goes back to um, what Kevin talked about in in the God of Islam, yeah. right? And how so much of it is I've got a I'm not sure if God's going to accept me or not. And yet, right. in Christ, we have that assurance. Mm-hmm. Amen. So. That's that's where we want. That's what we want to accomplish with this podcast. We want to make sure that we are walking with you, that we're equipping you, that we are answering any any struggles that you may have or questions that you may have. Uh, but pivoting today, we actually now want to take a moment to start talking about what we're doing as a church. What is our strategy moving forward? What is the common vernacular? What is the language? What is the culture we want to establish as we reach Cowlitz County? Uh, the world together. So, Mike, in in our possession right now, you have something called the uh, the the playbook. Yeah, right. So, can um, I in, introduce this? I guess what what where did this playbook come from? Why why did you take the time to even put this together? And if you're interested in this, we will have a digital version of it um, attached to the description of this episode. Yeah. So, uh, actually, a few weeks ago in one of our episodes, we talked about this. We mentioned it. We mentioned the idea of of discipleship and how do we know we're winning in discipleship and, and what does it look like to disciple? I mean, I think about Matthew 28 and um, in that passage and what Jesus teaches, what Jesus commands us in that passage. Why don't you actually read that for us? Yeah. Uh, this is Matthew chapter 28, verses 18. Uh, it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's right. And so Jesus commands us one thing in there, right? He gives some descriptions of how to do it, but the command there is to make disciples, right? And so how you do that, go and teach and baptize and all that. But the question is, 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 how do we know we're making disciples? How do how do we, you know, help people grow as disciples? What does it look like for us to to be faithful to this this command, this commission? And uh, and it's kind of a difficult question, right? Because you know sometimes we think, well, I'm going to be a Christian, so I'm just going to live a, a good life, and people will notice that. And maybe that's maybe that's my contribution to the cause is I'll just be a good person and, and a nice person. There's that word nice again. And, uh, and that will help people come along and it, that doesn't make disciples. It doesn't. And it's, that's hard, especially now, now that the world has tried so hard to be moral without God, that in many ways you can't really tell the difference between a moral atheist versus a, a Christian at times, you know, especially, especially if it's a lukewarm Christian and a very moral atheist, uh, it's, it's, it, we have to be explicit. That's right. It. 
And so uh, making disciples, it's challenging. There's all sorts of layers, but, but so much of making disciples comes down to, to this word, invitation. You know, we can't just passively live our lives and expect to make disciples. Sooner or later, we have to, the word is teach there. We have to go, we have to teach and we have to baptize. But, but in all of that, we're interacting with people. And the question is, how are we interacting? Are we just pointing our fingers at people and judging them? Are we being permissive toward them? And Jesus loves you, do whatever you want. That's not making disciples either. And so sooner or later, it comes to a place where we're actually saying, hey, I want you to consider this. I want to invite you towards something. It makes me think also of Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. It's talking about how someone's saved. It says this, it says, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So when I look at this, and I think about making disciples, you look at this passage as saying, people have to hear, and people have to be sent, and people have to preach. And all of this is, it comes out of this moment of, of invitation. And so a lot of times we think, okay, I need to invite people. Do I invite them just to church? Or do I just, do I walk up to someone and invite them to trust in Jesus? And we, we've spent some time trying to say, if, if we're going to succeed at making disciples, it's not, it's not just do a church service. It's not just, you know, condemn people or point our finger at them. It's, it's not just live our life passively. It, we have to figure out uh, a metric. That's where the word you brought up earlier is, right? Yeah. A, a measurement to say, are we actually doing the things that we need to be doing to disciple people? And so what we've said at Valley for a while is, is we want to invite. Our metric is the number of invitations in a, a whole bunch of different ways. Right. And so I, I think this is going to be online, but I just want to take a minute and, and walk through the five key strategic, most important invitations that we make. And then we're, we're going to kind of redo it and look at how there's actually a way to make it even um, even smaller ships okay. and make it even easier, right? So right now, yeah. So you're about to go through what you labeled in this book as uh, the invitation pathway. That's right. And if I heard you correctly, there are five like steps, but then, then we're going to go talk into maybe even half steps right. between that. So this, these work almost, almost like baseball diamonds, essentially, except for there's five of them. And maybe they don't always go in the same order. Yeah, actually, that the illustration kind of breaks down <laughs> really fast. Yeah. Never mind. Good try, though. Sports. Swing it up. Yay. <laughs> so the, the diagram you'll see if you look up on our podcast website, you'll see it, it's kind of like a swirl, right? And so it's a pathway. But the, as we talk about these, people don't go one, two, three, four, five all the time. Sometimes people go two and then three and then one. Um, and so let's just walk through this in a natural a natural pathway, recognizing that this is not the, the, the demanded or the prescribed order. And so the first thing we invite people toward, obviously the, the, the hope is that we're inviting them toward faith. Right. We want to invite people to believe. What do, what do we want them to believe, Andrew? What's the, the core that we want them to believe? We want them to believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died on the cross for them. He, they want, we want them to believe in the gospel, yeah. the full on gospel yep. to the glory of God and the joy of others. And now, now here's the deal. We can go find a random people on the street. We say, hey, can I explain something to you really quick? We can give them the 60-second the version of the gospel, and we can say, are you willing to believe that? Mm-hmm. And there will be a level of a success there. 
Right. I'm actually not against that. I, I think that there is a level of success that comes from that. God leads in that. God finds the right person at the right time. That's just, they're right for it. That's awesome. But if that's all we do, um, our, our numbers may not be the most successful right. and we might find ourselves discouraged um, because there's some ingredients missing there that I think help mm-hmm. bring people to faith. But, but that said, there, there is a place where we want to invite people to faith. Sometimes we have friends that aren't Christians mm-hmm. and we know them for months and years and never explain the gospel and never say, hey, would you, would you, would you consider trusting Jesus? Right. And I think it's healthy. To, we've talked about this in the past, but we need to remember that when we do these things, we're affording people opportunities to respond in yes or no. It's not our job to make them respond the way we want them to respond. It's, it is our, simply our job to provide the opportunity for them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Now, now as we talk about this, I think, okay, we want someone, we want to invite someone to believe. And instead of going through all five and then coming back and doing the half steps, I'd like to just do some half steps right now. Okay. Right. And so, so what, what is a half step to, to inviting someone to believe in Jesus? What do you think? What comes to your mind? Uh, You know, oftentimes I think if if I'm going to connect with someone and I want them to, I want to share my faith with them, invite them to believe in Jesus. Oftentimes I just ask them a half step of just trying to have a spiritual conversation, you know, like what are your thoughts on the church or what are your thoughts on Jesus? Absolutely. And oftentimes what I find is if you are willing to listen to them, then you can have a conversation. Most people are turned off because they don't, most people don't want to engage in quote unquote evangelism because they, they don't like being rejected. Well, most people don't like being, well, most people are rejected when they come off as preachy. Yeah. So if you start off with just listening, just genuinely listening to what someone has to say, you're going to be off in a, uh, you're going to start off better. And I would, I would layer that and just say, you know what, you, you want to listen in a way that really is sensitive to, to caring for them. You, you don't want it to be transactional. Like, oh, well now, hey, I've listened to you. Now you're going to listen to me. I, I think that you need to be spirit led and you need to have a, a bit of a conversational mentality and mm-hmm. recognize you, you might not get into talking about exactly what you want to talk about. And that's okay. Um, yeah. you're hoping for that. We're always hoping for that because we genuinely care, but we're not trying to, to force it or angle for it, like no matter what. So invite someone to, to share. What do you, what do you think about Jesus? What, what do you think God's purpose is for your life? Mm-hmm. Um, but then along with that, I, I find a lot of value in inviting someone to pray with me. Yeah. And, and so the idea is, I know that someone who doesn't know Christ is going through something difficult and I'll just say, hey, can I pray with you? And if I'm bold enough, I'll, I, you know, and if it's the right moment, can I pray with you right now? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's saying, hey, can, can, is it, you know, I'm going to be praying for you later, things like that, depending yeah. on the context. But, but those two things, asking people about what they think and what they believe. And then, and then, so you're inviting people to share with you what they believe and then inviting people to, to pray together. Those are wonderful half steps. Yeah toward inviting someone to trust in Jesus. Can I share an example yeah, of, a situ- with, uh, of a situation? So I, I've had many opportunities to connect with people outside of the church. And one of the things I've learned is like, if I just treat people the same way I treat them in church, it actually opens up doors. So there are times when I have friends who are outside of the church, they may share something, a struggle that's going on in their life. And as I'm listening to that, I will say things like, hey, can I pray for you in this? And most of the time people are like, yeah, prayer doesn't hurt. Why not? If, if something happens, whatever. But what opens doors is if I pray with them and then I genuinely, because I genuinely genuinely care about them, I'll note that this struggle is happening in their lives. 
So oftentimes I try to circle back to it, maybe like a week or two later. When you do that, it shows that you've noted. And when you've noted, you have cared. And when you have cared, people are more receptive to know what you have to say and think about any topic or, 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 or anything. And that continues to open the door. It's then through that, that I've been able to share my perspective on situations, which has led back to talking about grace, which has led back to talking about Jesus. And these are all half steps and these are all really long-term conversations. So walking into the idea of half steps isn't about seeing something happen right here, right then. It's about saying, Hey, I want to care for this person over the long term. So that's something I wanted to share. No, I I totally agree. What you're doing in that moment by caring for them, you're inviting them to trust you. Yeah. To trust a believer in Jesus. That's a perfect half step. So we want to invite them to, to faith. Now, maybe after they come to faith, maybe before they come to faith. Another one of the key invitations. And, (laughs) excuse me, I want us to remember this is discipleship. You're discipling someone right there that's not a believer when you care for them, right? Um, And this gives us a measurement to say, hey, I can count how many people I've invited to faith or invited to pray with or invited to, to talk with me about spiritual things. Like we actually can count that instead of saying, oh, I'm just kind of like shooting in the dark. Um, th- there's a, a number that we can attach to that, right? Same thing with this next one is inviting someone to church. Right. We can actually say, we, we can't control how many people show up at church, but what we can control is, hey, I'm going to invite this many people to church a week, a, you know, that kind of thing. And so when we invite someone to church, what happens is they get to see Christian community. I think at Valley, Valley's, Valley's a wonderful community of people that genuinely care. And so they'll, they'll interact with Christians that are loving, that are kind, that are hopefully being selfless, mm-hmm. that are caring for others, that are noticing that there's someone new that they don't recognize. And so they'll, they'll start interacting with Christians. They'll, they'll hopefully they'll hear in the gospel message proclaimed how awesome Jesus is and how much he loves him. Hopefully they'll be astounded by our worship. Not necessarily like, Oh man, the the music musicianship is so amazing. I mean, it's good, but, but they'll be, they'll be in awe of the way our church worships God almighty. Right. And so this is another step. This is another invitation, inviting someone to church. right? Right. And so at Valley, we succeed when, you know, if everyone's inviting someone to church regularly, that, that brings more people in to hear this gospel message. And so that's that's a step, but that might be a big step. Right. You, you might not want to invite someone to church right off. You might sense that would come off as gimmicky or mm-hmm. pushy. And so again, what, what might be a half step toward this? Well, luckily here in the year 2020, we've all learned how to live stream, right? So oftentimes, even now, people don't like going places without doing research. We used to say that websites were like the front door of a lot of things, and that still remains true. Sometimes you can invite people to, like a half step would be just to check us out online, whether it's our website or, or, you know, old sermons on, on YouTube. But right now, another half step would be to watch a service online. We have the ability to live stream. People tune in all the time, especially on uh, on Facebook to see what we're doing. As a matter of fact, just this year, we actually, I think I've, I've, I've counted at least two families that have shown up. They just found us because they just saw our live stream and said, hey, we want to be a part of whatever's happening there. That's right. Yeah. And then another layer on that is I think about some other families in the church who have been inviting people to their house 
and watching the live stream together. Yeah. I mean, that's a great half step. That's a way to worship in community. Like, like start to, to get a feel for what Valley's like and who Jesus is mm-hmm. in a way that's it's not like totally foreign. It's someone's living room. Right. Right. And so that's a great half step as well. And actually, that speaks to why we're even talking about half steps. Because oftentimes, we're calling people out of their comfort zones and into something foreign to them. So by doing these half steps, we're literally accounting for them and their tastes, but also understanding like we want to draw them closer to Christ, but taking these small steps to make sure that it's not this jarring experience that turns them off. I love, I love that we have families that have invited their friends over to their homes to watch a service online. That's really cool. That's the same thing as like, you know, having someone over for dinner. So it's a, it's a familiar aspect. Now you're experiencing things. And just even this week, we saw some families who have been watching online show up this week to, for their first live service. And they, some of them feel like they know us, right? Because they've seen us online. They've, they've heard these stories we've talked about. Maybe you're listening to the podcast. So they've kind of built this, uh, this, this, this connection. And they feel like, yeah, this is my church. I know about Mike. I know about Andrew. I know about whoever. So online right now, especially in this day and age, it's, it's an amazing half step right now. I was at a store a few months ago, walked in, was looking around. And the, the, the clerk there, they looked at me and says, he, you're, you're Mike. You're, you're the pastor at Valley. And this, I did not recognize this person at all. And I was like, Yes, I am. Like, I've been going to your church. I thought, like, wait, no, you have? Like, I felt kind of bad, like, if I didn't yeah. recognize someone. And like, yeah, I've been going with this family and we're going over to their house. My family's been going to their house and we've been watching your church for like the last two months. And I just, kind of my jaw probably hit the floor. I just was so, I don't know, it was such a, a cool thing to hear about that half step invitation and this person that, you know, they knew all my dumb stories from when I'm preaching. And that, but, you know, that, that was encouraging, right? And so these half steps are really important. And, you know, maybe we should have said this at the front end, but this is, of all of our podcasts, this is one of the more Valley-specific podcasts. This is, this is really our strategy to say, how are we going to make disciples? Recognizing that this might, if, if you're not part of Valley, if you're listening and you're in, uh, you know, a different state or something, this, this will probably be helpful for you as well. But I want you to see at Valley, this is really our strategy. How, how is Valley going to make disciples? Well, mm-hmm. by inviting people to faith, by inviting people to church. And then that there's an X layer. And sometimes this is the order it goes in. It's, you know, to faith, to church, and the next is to invite them to a group. Right. Now, sometimes it works backwards. Sometimes people get invited to a group and then they, they show up at church and then they come to faith. That this is, this is not the order of operation that is mandated. This is just one of the natural ways it works. And so right. we want to invite people to, to a group, right? Right. Um, Valley, our groups are kind of strange right now. You know, there are some groups that are meeting, um, social distanced, um, cleaning up afterward, all that stuff. There's yep. some groups that are meeting online. Mm-hmm. It's not the typical group season that we've had in the past where groups are just, Hey, we're having these groups these days. Come show up. It, it's a little different, but, but groups do exist right now. In fact, your group just started meeting, right? Yeah. We were about three weeks into our, our meeting and we we're missing, we're meeting physically, but we are in a very large room with tables spread apart because there are people who like, well, we just, we just need to be aware, uh, aware of what's, what's, what's our social, our current context yeah. is. And, but we're still meeting because we have value in seeing each other in, in, in person and, and praying with one another and yeah. reading the word together and experiencing community. I think if 2020 has taught us anything is that digital is nice is nice. I mean, I know we just got done saying that you can view online, but there's a reason why that's a half step. Eventually you want to see people for reels. And so you, you, you show up 
You know, it's the same thing. It's like if you're listening to your favorite uh, artist and you have a CD, well, there's a part of you that says, hey, I want to see this person live. Yeah. So you, when there's an opportunity to go to a concert, you show up because a live experience is much different than just a recorded experience. So, yeah. Now, just like there's half steps for the other ones, there are half steps for this. And I think I think the list can go on and on and on and yeah. on for this one, right? And uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but the real the real half step for this, if we're going to summarize it in one phrase, I would say it's it's invite someone to hang out, mm-hmm. right? And so invite someone over for dinner, invite someone out for coffee, right? You you've had um, card game groups, right? Yeah. Tabletop games. Mm-hmm. Invite someone over for a tabletop right. game and invite someone to uh, work out with you. Or I know there's been some moms they invite people over for a play date, right? Right. Um, I'll give an example of this. I you know I. We started this pickleball club. We've been playing pretty regularly. And last night, me and Burchette, we were out on the pickleball court. And we were there alone, had all the court to ourself. Um, there's four courts where we play. And then after we played a couple of games, uh, this family showed up and some of their friends. And so there was like eight other people there. And they showed up and they were playing. And it was actually really cool. I watched them. They all got out. And there was a, a dad on one side of the net and like like seven people lined up on the other side. And he was just doing drills with them. I was like, oh, these people are legit. What's going on, right? Jeez. And so uh, after, uh, you know, after we played, I mean, after Mike got burnt out, um, you know, we walked over there and we introduced ourselves to them and, and started talking. They're just learning. Okay. And okay. so we, we had a good conversation. and Opportunity. I invited him. Yeah. Not to faith, not, not to church, not to a group. I just said, hey, here's when we usually play. You're yeah. welcome anytime. And here's how you can find us online. We, we'd love to play, right? And so we went, just had a good conversation with him. We went back over and we were just at the other end of the courts hanging out. And then after a little bit, a couple of them came over and we ended up playing a couple of rounds of doubles and, and just built some friendships, right? People, I don't know if I'd ever run across them before, but, right. or if I would have the opportunity, but simple invitation. Hey, come play with us sometime. Maybe maybe this is a little too off topic, but at this moment in time, when I've often talked to people about like putting together groups so we can invite people to these half steps, someone before has mentioned to me that it feels disingenuous, that it feels kind of manipulative to to set up these times to just to to capture people. But that's not that's not the intention. Even last night in our in our Bible study in our life group, we talked about like if we have genuine compassion for people, and if we are living with Christ and experiencing his goodness. We want others to experience his goodness. Why, how could we not want others to experience what he's doing? And so we're not being disingenuous. We're being intentional. That's something that we need to stress in all this, that those of us who are on mission, we genuinely want others to come to know Christ because Christ has been the best. He is the best for all. That's right. Yeah. So much of this, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, motivation and expectation that defines so much of what we do in life. Mm-hmm. If my motivation in inviting someone to come play pickleball is I'm gonna make sure they come to faith in Jesus Christ, um, okay, what, whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I can't control that. But if my motivation is to love them well and, and, and regardless of whatever happens, to love them and enjoy them and, and be friends with them, that's my motivation. Ultimately, I wanna see them come to faith, but I can't control that, which that's why it's paired with expectation. If my expectation is that they will join my group or my church or, or you know any of that, my expectations are wrong. Right. My expectations now in that moment is what can I get out of them? Mm-hmm. That should never be our expectation. Our expectation needs to be, how can I bless? How can I encourage? How can I lift up? How can I give them opportunities to think about these great things of who Christ is? But my expectation is not, you will you'll be, do something for me, mm-hmm. like notch on my belt kind of thing. No, no, no. 
Motivation is to love them well. Expectation is to to just see wherever God leads it. Right. Right. That, that's a big deal. Yeah. I think that it's a game changer. It is. And so with those labeled, you compare you you pair that with just being intentional. Amazing things. Amazing things happen. We you, you talked about like some of these these groups that I'm in. So we have Bible studies. And I think maybe that's the distinction we should make sure we label that when we talk about inviting people to groups, we are specifically talking about like discipleship groups where the aim is to gather around the person of Christ. But there are some half steps where for me, it's just connecting with people. So we play board games and we do all these things. But I I set up a game group where I've had some people from my, this, my, my Bible studies come and hang out just so they can start building these connections and these relationships with other people so that if they were to be invited to, to a Bible study or something like that, they already have these connections made. And it's not like this weird thing for them. And that's what we're talking about is just kind of being strategic. It's being intentional and just considering where people are at and meeting where they're at with these smaller steps. Yeah. So big picture here, we're, we're calling people toward discipleship. We're inviting people into discipleship. And, and there's a few major invitations so far with lots of half steps all around them. And so we invite people to faith. Mm-hmm. We invite people to, to come worship to the church service. We invite people to groups. And then the fourth one is that we invite people to serve. Yes. And, and this is really key because a disciple of Jesus is someone who is, when they're maturing, they're actually caring more about serving God and serving others than what they want to do with their life. That's a mark of maturity. And so to help someone grow as a disciple, we want to, we want to invite them to places in their life where they can be selfless, not selfish. That's right. And so we want to invite people to serve. Now, again, we're in a weird stage. COVID changed the way we serve at church Mm -hmm. dramatically, but um, in some ways we've lost opportunities, but in some ways we've multiplied opportunities to serve, right? Right, yeah. Um, now, sometimes services, hey, I want you to commit to this every week at this time mm-hmm. from now until the end of your life. That's that's a pretty big ask. It is a big ask, yeah. And so again, service is maybe the most important, maybe second actually to, to asking, inviting someone to faith, but, but serving, there's a, a load of half steps that are really, really helpful. Right. Yeah. It takes the pressure off. We're not signing your life away forever. You're, you're stepping into something smaller. And so what are some half steps that come to your mind when we talk about inviting someone to serve? So one of my favorite things is inviting people to, to help on one-offs. I call them one-offs because they're not regular things that happen. They're things that happen once in a while that you can step into something with low prep and still engage in someone else's life and then step away. So for example, I talked about this Nerf night uh, that we did for the youth group. We need chaperones. We have, you know, we, so I needed to find people who have been part of the church for, that we, that we trust, that have been background checked and then they can come. And it's just one night, one evening out of their, their life that they can come shoot kids in the face with Nerf guns, you know, have a good time and, and do that. But the step eventually is like, you know, if God calls them to, to really engage and be mentors, into the lives of these kids. So let's say they these new adults show up and they meet some of these kids and they're like, man, I really like this kid and I really like what's what's going on here. Right there, that could be God moving. And so then the next step, they're like, hey, why don't you come Wednesdays or even Sunday mornings? And maybe instead of like leading a Bible study, just be around, just, be, just connect. Maybe you can help play the games and do other things like that and start growing into just serving and being there for these students. That's right. Yeah. There's also um, inviting someone to low threshold ways of serving, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, we are cleaning more now than we ever have before. It's like there's a constant smell of disinfectant because it's the right thing to do in the current climate. And uh, and so inviting someone to come and, and help clean, anyone can do that, 
right? We're not inviting someone to come and lead a ministry. We're saying, hey, come and disinfect something. And, and so there's lots of invitations to do things like that. Um, maybe invite someone to, to, to watch, to, to watch the way you're serving or something like that, or, or to, to fill a gap for a few moments, those kind of things. Um, I, I think part of the, the, the message here is um, if you're part of the church, we need you. Yeah, Everyone should be serving. And, and there's sometimes a culture in churches that, you know, well, you know, the, the inner circle does this stuff and no one else gets to do anything. No, 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 no. We, we need you. We're in this together kind of thing. And another half step as, as you explain that is you, you said th- low threshold, especially with our current climate, there are a lot of things to do and we need, we need people. We can also invite people that to people that are to things that are very social. There are a lot of things that we do in youth ministry that feels like this is the job that needs to be done, but it's, it's fun when we're all together and just hanging out and resetting something and yep. we're all just goofing off while we're serving. Right. That's different compared to like, there are many other things that are done. Like they're just, it's just a task. Right. So these half steps and inviting people into the culture, into the family of serving with one another, those are beautiful things as well. And I think the last thing I'd say in terms of half step is inviting someone to learn. I think about some of the, the ways people serve that are, they're skilled. Mm-hmm. I think about a musician. Well, you just don't grab someone off the street that's never picked up a guitar before and you say, hey, I want you to serve and worship. You think about our sound booth guys. I'm, I'm sure there's more that we could list off. Those are technical, skilled roles. And if you invite someone to come and learn, hey, I'm going to teach you how to play the bass. I'm going to teach you how to play the guitar. I'm going to teach you how to play the drums. I'm going to teach you how to, to run this giant piece of electronics, this, this soundboard, or I'm going to teach you how to run the cameras. We're actually giving someone a skill that is pretty cool that not everyone has and it's part of inviting someone towards service, you know? Yeah. Okay. So we are coming up on the last rung here. And so, yeah, so do we, let's, 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 let's keep moving forward. Yeah. So you invite to, to faith, to church, to a group and to serve all with a, a host of half steps. And then the last is in, invite someone to lead. Mm. Now, these other four, they, they can change orders pretty easily. This last one, we, we really don't uh, change the order with it. You, you, you need someone that trusts Jesus, right. someone that is faithful at church, someone that is committed in a community, and someone that's serving regularly. Those are the kind of folks that you say, hey, I would like you to consider being part of leading something. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's really uh, part of discipleship. Part of discipleship is, is challenging people to step up even more, challenging people to spread their wings, challenging people to greater levels of, of ownership. And, and that's, that's leadership, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, as we talk about half steps, there are some new half steps I've been doing with people that um, I think they're funny, but I think they're helping break the ice with a little bit. I, before I do that, though, like, is, 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 were there any half steps that you want to talk about? When no, why don't you start it off? Start okay. Off. So like, I, I often think of like half steps of leading as in like even leading in prayer. Sometimes people are freaked out to just pray, right? And to me, praying publicly eventually may lead into, you know, teaching publicly, like teaching a Bible study and doing other things. So one of the half steps I've been doing lately as of this year is like, I will ask someone, you know how like at the end of every Bible study, we always ask them like, hey, will you close us in prayer? Lately, what I've been doing is I've been like, hey, Joe, will you please ask Courtney to close us in prayer? And so it, it, 
there's a moment of like, what's happening right now? And there's this person who gets really anxious. And then when they realize I'm only asking them to ask someone else to close us in prayer, usually I, the last person I name is someone who is comfortable praying. The other person like laughs a little bit and they're like, oh, okay. But I've watched because there's been a couple of times where they've gotten used to this idea. Then I ask them, hey, will you close us in prayer? And they're like, oh, okay. And they, they start doing it. It's funny at first, but uh, it, it's been working. It's been working than that. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I think some other half steps is is just, you know, you, you see someone who's maturing. You say, hey, I want you to, I want you to watch how I'm doing this. Yeah. And I want us to talk about us afterward. You know, that's that's really, you know, talk about leadership rungs and how that works. And so the whole, I'm going to do it, you watch, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do it together. And then you're going to do it, I'm going to watch, and then you're just going to go do it. You know, that kind of thing. And, yeah. and, um, and so one of the first steps in inviting someone to leadership is, hey, I want you to watch what I do. And then I want us to talk about it. I want you to see what you notice. So you're labeling the intentional observation, which is really a key because then you can debrief the thought process behind everything that is happening. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people don't recognize that leadership, there's a lot of uh, mental wrestling that happens with like, what's the right move? What am I doing here? And so when you can debrief someone and talk through the thought process, it's training them in in what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, different ways that half steps work is you, you can have someone lead with you kind of what you're doing with, Hey, ask this person, ask this person, or, or say, Hey, we're going to, you know, in a group setting, we're, these are the questions we have. I want you to ask question three and question six when we get to them, you know, and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, just giving people a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, that's usually the half steps that we're talking about. And there's, there's, there's opportunities. I think about the gospel project right now. So if you Every week when we meet, the Bible study has three main main points. And just recently, I realized that, you know, I could be taking one of those points instead of doing all three. I can give one of those points away to someone else who who may want to lead. As of right now, one of the half steps we have for just raising up leaders in the Gospel Project is that there are people with the leader books who are, who are just participants. But they're seeing the notes that I have, and they're seeing how I use the notes as I lead. That's awesome. The next step after that is going to be like, hey, would you like to lead? one point out of the lesson, you know? So if you're in my group and you're listening, just know that's coming. Yeah. So this is, this is meant to be cyclical, a cycle, right? Yeah. Cyclical. A cyclical process. Thank you. Um, More coffee. So uh, when you get to the spot of leading, you have not arrived. Mm -hmm. You don't tap yourself on the shoulder and say, okay, now I can put my feet up and relax. And um, this is, this is a cycle that cycles, that cycles, that cycles. Right. And so you're always going to be called to uh, invite others to faith. And, and really, in a sense, you are yourself, yourself, you're being called to deeper levels of faith. Mm-hmm. The, the, the cycle cycles. And so you're going to be called to say, am, am I, how am I engaging at church? And then how am I engaging in community or, or a group? And how am I serving? And how am I leading and, and allowing this to grow within you? And then from within you, allowing this to grow out of you into the lives of other people. That's, that's how discipleship works. Disciples make disciples who make disciples who make disciples, right? And it's never ending. And so the, where I, I land on this today is is maybe just to, to stop and ask people to, to consider a few questions and, and then we'll pray. Um, but but the questions, first of all, is, is where are you at in faith? Let me invite you to trust in the Savior. Maybe you've placed your faith in Him before, but you're you know overwhelmed with life and busyness and whatever it might be. But but Jesus is worthy of our trust. Mm-hmm. You, you can have faith in him. Maybe I'd say, where, where are you at in relationship to, to church? Now, I recognize some people can only attend online right now. They're, they're, that's their, their health situation prevents them from coming in purpose, 
person. I also recognize that there's probably a lot of folks that are saying, I, I'm, I'm just not coming back because I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is an invitation to you to, to come back, mm-hmm. to be part of the corporate worship service. Maybe you're, you're, you're not in a group or in any kind of community. Maybe this is an invitation to you and, and the Lord saying, it's time for me to step into community and, and to email Andrew and Mike or one of us and, and just say, hey, help me connect and do some sort of group. Maybe this is your invitation to serve. You know, maybe it's um, Good News Club, youth ministry. I mean, there's lots of opportunities. Maybe it's saying, hey, I want to come help just make sure things are sanitized or, or whatever it is. But, right. but maybe you say, I need to start to be selfless instead of selfish. And, and maybe you're someone who says, you know what, I, I think I need to even challenge myself more. Maybe this is an invitation toward leadership. If that's you and, and you've got that desire to lead, um, come talk to us. Let's, let's grow together, yeah. right? And so, but, but I think each of us are always being pressed outward in faith, in our, in our connection with the church and community and service and leadership. And so that's where we'll stop today, right? All right. Well, Mike, thanks for sharing. I think if there's anyone listening right now who maybe you've had a chance to listen to this and to look over the document and you have some questions, you have some comments, we would love to hear from you because this is going to be baked into the DNA uh, for us as a church. As a matter of fact, actually, if you're listening to this, I would also invite you to come. If you're coming to services, come a half hour early. We do something called a VIP meeting, which is for uh, it's it's our vision, our information, and our prayer. And you don't have to be someone who's serving on the weekend to be a part of this. That's if, if you're part of the church, you're part of the team. And we would love to come and we're going to be discussing these things and kind of looking over how we're doing as a church every week. So, uh, yeah, I, I would invite you to participate at that level. Amen. So, Mike, do you want to close us in prayer? Let's do it. Father, I thank you that you have invited us to know you. You have invited us to a saving relationship. You have invited us to, to have our sins washed away and to be made new. God, we rejoice in that. We thank you so much for what you've done in our lives. And, and Father, I pray that we would grow as disciples who, who selflessly follow you more and more every day, who are looking for ways to, to invite others to trust you in faith, who are looking for ways to invite others into the church community and even into groups and into service and, and into leadership. And God, I pray that you would meet each of us wherever we are on our journey and you would give us that one next step so that we can grow more and more like Christ. And God, I pray all this is for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.